Hi everyone, today is December 14th, 2023, and this is Read Through the New Testament. So today we're going to read... Well, today is uh, December 14th, but these guys right. have a month like to listen to these recordings, yeah, so, so maybe they're doing it in January. So it might know. be January for you. Maybe. So the joke today might kind of mm. be like old and out of date, I guess. So what's the joke, Johan? Okay, here's the question. What did Adam say on the day before Christmas? It's Christmas Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What I think is hilarious is if you know Mrs. Brandon, she's like not into jokes. But you recommended doing that. This was my idea. (laughs) Okay. just, Something uh, yeah, tune in tomorrow to hear the next, next joke. You guys having to do this over break. <laughs> yep. Okay, anyway, Mark chapter 15, verse 1. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, you have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate asked him, again asked him, have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast, he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And what feast was that? The feast of Passover, okay. where Jesus was crucified. Yep. And among the rebels in prison, who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. A man who committed murder. They Mm. chose him rather than Jesus. Shows Mm. the hardness of the heart. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, And they called together the whole battalion and they clothed him in a purple cloak and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him and they began to salute him, hail king of the Jews. And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. And they led him out to crucify him. Okay. Summary there is pretty easy, right? Jesus yeah. tried before Pilate, found guilty and sent to be crucified. And uh, the crucifixion is beginning with being stripped and beaten. And then the crucifixion comes tomorrow. Yep. So you'll get that tomorrow. All right, now we're Second <laughs> Corinthians um, chapters 9 and 10. Um, chapter 9 continues this theme of giving to the needy church in Jerusalem. Um, and then chapter 10, um, sort of the, the mood of Second Corinthians changes quite a bit here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Paul says this, Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, 
For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia, and Corinth is in Achaia, that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready, as I said, as you said you would be, as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange it in advance for the gift you've promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. And he, he's labors <clears throat> on and on about, may your giving be willing. Mm-hmm. Just may it be willing. And, um, you know, more than anything else, just show your love. Just do what you can, but may it be willing. He's going to really push that here, that you'd give to these saints. You'd give to these missions willingly. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. And now he turns back to his ministry. He says, chapter 10, I, Paul, myself, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I am away. I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Look at what is before your eyes. If anyone is confident that he is Christ's, let him remind himself that just as he is Christ's, so also are we. For even if I boast a little too much of our authority, which the Lord gave me for building you up and not for destroying you, I will not be ashamed. I do not want to appear to be frightening you with my letters, for they say his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is of no account. Let such a person understand that what we say by letter when absent, we do when present. 
Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For when for for we were first for we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ we do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others but our hope is that as your faith increases our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence let the one who boasts boast in the lord For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Okay, so So, uh, summing up nine. I think urging them to be ready for the ministry, for the offering when it comes. There's a big thrust here. And giving cheerfully. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so being ready and being cheerful. Those are two things. Okay. Right? Verse, the first, and that's chapter being ready nine. and being cheerful. Yep. That's first okay. chapter nine. And chapter 10. He's boasting. Yeah, he's talking about when he comes, like attitudes before when he comes. Like, you know, like in verse two, he says, um, when I'm present with you, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence. Right? So he's just trying mm-hmm. to say, right, be obedient and behave so that when I come, I come as a blessing and not have to show my boldness to you at all and uh, the boasting their hope his hope is in is in them that they will walk rightly in faith <clears throat> Paul believes in these people so much mm-hmm. it's amazing that's it alright we will see you tomorrow come back again for the joke <laughs> okay bye <laughs> and come back for the bible too bye bye yes.